0: Welcome to service based. My name is Eric, uh, where we uh, on this podcast, we basically interview service based business owners that, you know, help their clients serve their teams, and are currently growing their businesses and you know, the tech market, the, you know, legal market, the home services market, all types of service businesses. And today we have Daniel felt. And uh, Daniel, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, talk about your company, what you guys do, and all of that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on Eric. Yeah. Like you said, my name is Daniel. I'm the founder of Kira Home. We started in 2016 out of a suburb of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And today we service that same market. We're also in Denver, Dallas, and Atlanta, Georgia. And our primary service is routine home maintenance. It's kind of a niche business that a lot of people haven't heard of, but we visit our clients' homes once a quarter. We do everything you're supposed to be doing as a perfect homeowner, but a lot of people don't do. So we have about 32 services where we're changing all your filters, cleaning refrigerator coils, AC units, dryer vents, just all that stuff, almost like a janitor for your home. And with that, um, a service that a lot of people were asking for was air duct cleaning. So we also added that on in 2017. And today that's actually about 50% of our business depending on the market.
0: Yeah, air duct cleaning has been a a big thing because I've seen even posts on Instagram, people talking about, you know, they haven't cleaned it in super long and they find like mold in it or whatever it is. So I imagine that that market is pretty pretty good to be in right now.
1: Yeah, 2020 was a huge boost for us um, with people. The more time that people spend at home, the better it was for the air duct cleaning industry. It's kind of demand has stayed about idle. I'd say it, it, it grew a lot in 2020. Now it's stayed about the same for our company anyways in in all of our markets. And, and it's, yeah, the more time that people spend at home, the better it is. A lot of people, especially if they did like a reconstruction project and all that dust around the home, that was a really good time to have your air ducts cleaned.
0: Yeah, I'm out in California. And I don't know if you've heard, but we've had uh, some fires in the past couple years. And now we have something called fire season, which is kind of weird. But um, yeah, so a lot of people's air ducts got pretty, pretty dirty during that. So uh, that's awesome that you provide all those different services. You said 32 different services?
1: Yeah, it's you know as homes are becoming more complex and and more codes and and things like that. There's just more items being you know brought into the home that need to be delivered. You know, just like a really good example, as, as simplistic as it sounds, but like dishwashers now. If you walk through your home, uh, you know Home Depot store or wherever it is that you buy appliances, actually, it's I, I geek out on on home maintenance stuff. So I'll I'll look at all the all that stuff and and. I was in Home Depot last week, and every single dishwasher had a filter in it that needed to be cleaned on a regular basis. And a lot of people they're either just not aware of it, or they don't have time, or they they you know they don't know to get that done. And mm-hmm. that's just one one little item. So all the things in the homes, you know, now wash machines have filters as well, and cleaning that the dishwasher, all the things. It it's really maintenance is becoming a big part of what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And our generation, people's in their thirties, forties, young like lower lower 50s a lot of people just neglect to take care of their home and it ends up costly repairs that for sure could have been prevented by taking care of the routine
0: maintenance i can imagine yeah like i think there's a movie with uh tom hanks or something like that where like the house is it's called like money pit where like a bunch of stuff happens to the house right and it's kind (laughs) of like that where you know people are like man you know taking care of this house can be really tough with you know full-time job got to take care of kids and you know just live their daily life. And it's like, well, it's just 32 more things to think about. So yeah. <laughs> I'll let a Daniel's company come in and take care of those. So that's awesome. Um, exactly. Now, as far as like how the service works, I'm kind of curious of, do you have like, you know, how do you keep track of when those services need to get done? For which clients do you have kind of like a, a la carte one time model? Is it like a subscription business? Like, tell us all about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. We've played around with different items because that we are a niche business. There's a few other people that have started really similar routine maintenance style business but the ones that i found and and networked with a lot of them are stuck at about 30 clients and we actually have in minneapolis alone about 520 homes that we visit on a quarterly basis so that entire sales process in the beginning we started with a good better best model and you could pick which one but as you can imagine eric if you have you know let's say you're in a development and every house is basically the same even though they're different colors but Maintenance wise, they're basically the same. Those, if 10 people sign up in that neighborhood, they're going to want 10 different versions of maintenance because one person might buy, you know, like in Minnesota, you need softener salt. They might buy softener salt from the wrestling team. And so they don't need that item on their on their list. So what we ended up switching to is actually a la carte. So if you were interested today, Eric, you would call our company and we would send out one of our experienced technicians and, and we'd walk through your home with you and show you, hey, here's everything. If I lived here, here's what I would do for you. And then you can pick and choose uh, all la cart, what items you want done. And just because it ranges so much and, and each item then has a price. So as we check the box, the, the price changes. Our average client right now ends up being right around $350 per quarter. And that includes all your materials. So we're talking about like smoke alarm batteries, the refrigerator, filter, furnace filter, all the, all the things, all time labor materials is included in that 350 per quarter. We do set you up on a subscription, but you're not, you're not locked into anything. So if you use us even one time and you decided it wasn't for you, that's, that's totally fine. That, that barely ever happens. If it does, it's because either they had like a job change or they suddenly move is the most common reasons why people decide to no longer use our service. But, um, the, the way that we keep track of all of it is we actually created a, a nice little form that looks really similar to, if you remember in elementary school when you had a report card and you have the subject on the left-hand side and then four columns. So those four columns represent, represent the quarters. And then on the far right-hand side, it actually tells you how frequently we're going to do something because cleaning your AC unit, for example, that only needs to be done once a year where changing filters, a lot of them need to be done on a quarterly basis.
0: Got it. Okay. So... The thing that I'm curious about is is two things. So when you say that a lot of your competitors can kind of cap out around 30 clients, and you're at, you know, 500 plus, what is the mechanism that you guys are using to like kind of keep track of that? Is it like a, like a software? Or is it kind of, you know, spreadsheets? Or, you know, how do you guys do that? And then what's been a allow- like what's allowed you to be able to scale so much, you know, further than the rest of your competition?
1: Yeah, so I would say a lot, lot packed in those little questions. Um, first, how do we keep track of all that stuff? We have a, a CRM system that's tracking all of our clients. We actually use Housecall Pro. I'm sure a lot of people that have you know talked about that on your show. Housecall Pro works really well for us, but we've never found a CRM system that could affordably manage that that form. So we actually keep those um, in in the cloud. And so that's when a technician shows up on for you know in the morning. They come in. They say, Hey, we got to go to Susie Johnson's house. And they can pull up Susie Johnson, and then they see here's the filters and the the sizes and the type of things that we need to bring to her house. And they put all that in their van, go out, and when they get to their house on the iPad, they can pull that form up. And then that form is used to document both via the check marks and we take a photo of everything that we did. It's kind of like a home inspection report. We keep track of that, and we send it via email to each client after each visit. So that's how we kind of keep track of that um, that way. I think... um, by organizing it that way, that has allowed us to grow. Um, I do work with like a business coach. We're very growth oriented. You know, I kind of started this in the very beginning out of my garage with the goal of of getting employees and, and growing the company. And and so with that mindset in place, one thing that really has helped us is, is just being very growth oriented. So when we're servicing a client's home, you know, it's asking them, hey, you know, if they're a client, you want to turn them into a raving fan and, and how do you do that? You know, asking them. You know, do you have anyone else that you think would be interested in this? It's leaving a flyer at the five neighbor's houses. If they answer the door, just letting them, we, we're not super pushy on sales, but we just let them know that, hey, we were at, you know, Jim and Susie's house. We're going to be here once a quarter. Just so you know, we're not robbing the place. We're just taking care of the routine maintenance. If you ever need anything, here's our card. And we've had people, as we're walking away, be like, hey, wait, what is this? And um, kind of use that keeping up with that Joneses a little bit, um, you know, mentality to, to get more customers. But I think it's being been very intentional and then it's it's also you know in the very beginning when it was just me i had a one part-time employee and i think what happens a lot of people is they think i can't afford to get like another vehicle so they can go work alone and i was pushed out of my comfort zone by my business coach to say hey if you would get another vehicle you know take the risk buy the van and allow him to go out and do the work you could be selling while he's working and we did that in february of 2017 and within two months, I actually had to buy a second band for another crew. So it really went fast when I stopped working in the business and and started working towards a, a role where I'm working more on the business. That was a really big step for us to to grow and then start getting past that 30 customer uh, hump.
0: Yeah, that's what I've seen with a lot of businesses that kind of are hitting hitting that cap is like, they they're too in the weeds, right? So then, mm-hmm. when they actually get out of the weeds, then they can scale so much more because the sales aspect and the you know driving revenue is the thing that grows your company. So might as well yep. find a way to make your service more you know scalable somehow. Um, sure. Cool. So when it came to adding on you know team members with you know the trucks and all that type of stuff, how did you manage culture in a way to where like it was still you know tight knit and they got the same type of service from people that you know, you're hiring on, like, did you guys have, you know, a certain type of training that you did? Or, you know, how did you go about that?
1: Yeah, we've always been really, really intentional about our culture. And I think it kind of stems back to the way I grew up. I grew up in a really small family uh, business, we actually raised and sell golden retriever puppies. And but growing up in that and being very involved from, you know, day one of my life. But one thing that I always witnessed my parents doing is 100% of the truth 100% of the time. And being in that culture, you're, you're seeing that and it's like, okay, and then when you're running a business, the first person that you train in, they're working side by side with you and they're seeing times where, hey, we, we could take a shortcut here, but but we didn't. And and now when they're training in the second employee, time and time again, it's, you know, hey, maybe this job is no longer profitable, but to finish it out and we, we need to do a good job and, and it's okay to lose money on this one job. And I think just staying consistent with your values and then training those people in and, and this is the way we do it no matter what. And we do care about our reputation. And, and it, I think that's, that's really, really important because the world is, is is pretty small and it feels like it keeps getting smaller. And I always tell the guys, like, if you run into one of our customers when you're, you know, maybe it's Friday night at, at dinner or Sunday morning church, wherever it is, like, are you going to be able to go say hi to them? or Are you going to be ashamed? And, and I think it's really, really important that you can confidently go up and say hi to them quick and, and, uh, and just say like, Hey, good to see you again. And, you know, we'll see you in three months back at your place for your routine maintenance visit. So, you know, when, when that type of leadership is, is comes from the top down and knowing that it's people before profit, I, that that culture picks up and people get that, that this is our, this is our mission. It's not to, you know, Hey, we got to make, you know, hundred bucks on this job or else we're going to go out of business. So mm-hmm. staying with that and staying consistent to that, it's, it's okay to lose money on a job or two because we've had jobs. Why we had a really good example where we had a job and it was the worst airlock job that my guy had ever been on. And he called me, he's like, dude, we gotta, we gotta charge extra. This is going to take me like an hour and a half longer than it was supposed to. And I, I so distinctly remember that conversation. I said, we we quoted her this price and she signed off on that price when we got there. And it's on us to learn from this and know that next time we need to quote this person at this. But if this is a price that we said we'd do it for, we have to do it. And that actually ended up, it was actually that lady was actually like secret shopping us for a referral partner. And that the guy who owns that company has sent us a job like one or two a week for years. It's been like three years straight, Like. I'm talking hundreds of jobs that that guy has sent and it was because we did what we said we were going to do on that job. And I just, I always tell people that story on how important it is. Like that guy sends us jobs and I I've asked him like, can I send you a gift card or a thank you? he's like, Nope, just keep doing an awesome job. That's, that's all I want from you guys. Just keep up the good work. And so um, when you tell people stories like that on why we do what we do, it's, I think it's pretty easy for them to buy in. And and I think a lot of it comes down to your interview process. Like are you hiring people that are going to fit into that culture or are they people that are like, I don't care what it takes to make a buck. I'm going to do whatever, you know, it's you got to hire the right people too and and then they can easily merge into your culture.
0: I love that. Yeah. I mean, you know, authenticity, integrity is huge now with everybody being so skeptical on the internet, right? Like, it's kind of like, if you don't have like video testimonials, like people don't believe you at this point, because they've been, you know, unfortunately, something has happened in the past to make them skeptical of businesses, right. And with, you know, new businesses popping up and stuff, I kind of understand, but I like that you guys had that story that you can now tell, you know, to other customers and basically be like, Hey, this is how we are like as a company. Um, And yeah, I love that. And then the referral partner thing is very interesting, too, about how that how that all worked out. Um, Which actually, that might be another thing that I want to get into. Um, As far as like strategic referral partnerships, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like what type of company did that guy have? And, you know, he sent you obviously a lot of business. So is there like a target referral partner that you guys are looking for?
1: yeah for sure you know coming like I'm in a few network groups where you know we're we're meeting with people, and so i've I've learned a lot about that and how that works and i I think a lot of it comes down to thinking about like who knows your customer before you do you know you, you think of the orthodontist and the dentist relationship, and so for us it's a lot of people in the home service industry are really great from us for us, but also I like, guess like people who spend time on social media because. In like in these community pages, especially on Facebook, people are asking for a trust referral all the time. And if, if our companies tag multiple times, we get we get a phone call, and and that really works. But what what's worked really well for us are like our bread and butter is HVAC companies, and the reason why that works so well for us is because if they're installing a new furnace or they get a call because the furnace isn't working correctly, they're going to refer us out for air duct cleaning. And and one reason the the difference between us and And there's a ton of really awesome air cleaning companies out there. There's guys who do it. I mean, they're, they're all in and they do an incredible job. But the main difference between us and them is that we're also doing the routine maintenance side of the business. And we have that relationship with the client. And we are then referring them, that client back to the HVAC company saying, you should be following manufacturer's recommendations and getting that furnace and AC tune up on an annual basis. Because obviously, if they're hiring us for the routine maintenance, they care about their home. So creating that little circle where for a lot of air duct cleaning companies they don't really have that opportunity to refer back um and and every single HVAC company that I've ever spoken to like they're not in it to like they don't want me to like send them a cut of the of the job or anything like that it's it's strictly a hey you know do a good job for our customers if they ever need a tune up or need a new furnace we'd love it if you if you would refer us and we're able to do that with all of the HVAC companies that we work with so the best is is HVAC, but our the main way that our company is growing right now is word of mouth. And we do a lot of that's organic, but also some of that is I call it like artificial by like when we service a customer's house, they get a postcard. The, the five neighbors get a postcard automatically after we service the home. On top of that, we leave a yard sign. We also, if my guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing, we're leaving a door hanger and a postcard, you know, or a, a flyer in the door too. And so now you've seen, hopefully you've seen our van in your neighbor's driveway. You've seen the yard sign a few times. You've seen, you've got a, a fly, you know, the postcard, the flyer. So now we're getting to five, six, seven, eight impressions at these people's homes. And it's, and they're starting to ask like, who, who is this company and what do they do? Like, why are they, why are they in my neighborhood all the time?
0: Yeah, I like that. Cause they say, you know, when you know, in, in sales processes or sales cycles, you need like five to 12 follow ups for someone to to take action. So the the fact that you're already getting like most you said, like around eight touch points is like that solid number to where they're actually going to reach out to you. So I like that you guys have a process for that as well, where, you know, you actually aren't just kind of like winging it like you're actually like, okay, when we go to this job, we leave this door hanger, we put up this sign, you know, it's like very all, all mm-hmm. systematic. Uh, so I like mm-hmm. how you guys are doing that. And that's explains why you're growing really quick. Um, as far as you know like the word of mouth aspect um are you guys using things like like next door or like what are these things that people are posting on is it usually just like instagram and facebook or is it like kind of niche platforms yeah
1: it's you know Nextdoor every once in a while does does wonders for us but that that's really organic because you know i'm not sure your experience with it but i mean you've got to be that you've got to be in the neighborhood i mean you can't artificially have an account in a yeah. in a neighborhood so next door does work from us but like our bread and butter for the routine maintenance is like if if a mom's facebook community page if someone has a question and and we're referred in there we'll get like seven eight nine ten phone calls in that community of people being like this is exactly the service i needed i had no idea it I'd even existed so mm-hmm. for the routine maintenance side of our business those those really small niche community pages work really well for air duct cleaning i mean that's people actually google air duct cleaning they actually know what it is it doesn't take explaining so for that You can really, you know, you can kind of use the spray and pray method of, you know, just like any, you know, just do it consistently and 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 you're gonna be just fine there. So, but for the routine maintenance, where it actually I need about 30 seconds of your time to tell you what this service is, that we definitely need. We need people that are all in, like they're they're hardcore raving fans of ours, and they're gonna be telling customers. So that the niche community pages. So it's Facebook and it's um and next door every once in a while. But mm-hmm. one thing, Eric, that, that took us from, like, a, you know, we had like 40, 50 customers back in, in 2017. What what really got us to this 520 routine maintenance client mark was using, again, I call it artificial word of mouth, is using social media influencers. Mm-hmm. And that's primarily been on Instagram. And, and so going to their home, doing the service, You know getting in front of the camera smiling and 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 laughing together and telling people hey this is what you need in your home and and this is what we're doing and we've had influencers that have um just from one post created 25 30 new clients for for us and you know with our average client paying 3500 per quarter you know that's that's a huge uh um avenue for us to get routine maintenance clients
0: awesome yeah and then um the, the thing I like about that is that you're getting user generated content, right? That you can now repurpose and use for whatever you want. So like when they go ahead and, you know, I'm, I'm guessing these are uh, like, I, they call them like micro influencers in your like local area, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So
0: when they're posting, um, are you guys like taking that content and then using it in like your maybe paid ad marketing material? Or how are you guys kind of, I guess, what's the word that people usually use? Like repurposing, you know what I mean? For all those different things.
1: Yeah, we for sure it kind of depends on on who and what and, and and the actual person. Cause we've got, you know, I think our some of our smallest influencers have maybe ten, fourteen thousand followers, and and I think our largest have like three hundred thousand followers. So kind of depends on which one, but we're for sure always repurposing it to use it on our, you know, showing our followers that hey, I think it's kind of just like if you saw us on the news, you're like, Whoa, like these guys are super legit. So you see them with all of a sudden, you know, we're standing next to a a local, you know, NFL player, and they're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know you guys worked with that person. And so you're, you're just reestablishing yourself as a trusted brand in the, in the local market. And like blog posts are really great. We we're kind of, as we continue to grow up and learn, we know that the importance of like having backlinks on our, on our website. So getting, you know, Hey, you write a blog about blog post about us and we'll put it on ours and you just keep on, you know, sharing and, 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 uh, growing that presence online has been impactful, but Blogs have been great for us. And then just repurposing that onto our page. I think the biggest thing is just showing your current following base that, hey, this is a trusted brand that a lot of people are working with.
0: Got it. That makes sense. And then um, that that also works really well for when you know, these community pages are kind of tagging you and, and reposting and stuff. Yes, they do trust their friends of like, you know, hey, we tagged them, but then they also want to go to your page and just make sure that they like you with all the content and stuff. So that's good that you guys are putting out content. So then when you do get those kind of like online Digital word of mouth referrals. Uh, then people can go see, like, like you said. Oh, they've worked with this NFL player. They've been on the news. They have all these posts. They're active. So that's really good. Um, as far as like paid marketing, it sounds like you guys are doing a lot of like organic, which is awesome. You're like kind of milking all of that to make sure that it works really well for you know sending it to a bunch of different people. For paid, are you guys doing any paid right now?
1: Yeah, we're we're pulling back. Um, before the spring of 2021, we were like. Rocking and rolling, and, and I, I thought of like um, digital on Google and average, and Facebook. I it was like if you give me more money, I can I can turn on the faucet and I can get more leads, and I know my exact cost and everything was perfect. However, when the privacy settings changed with with all that stuff in the spring of 2021, I feel like it it became very very difficult for us to get the ROI that we needed, and mostly to my understanding is. When, when we were running an ad or a video or anything like that, a lot of our customers were entering or submitting their information on about day 21. And at the time you could you could follow someone's cookies or pixels for approximately 28 days. And, and now my understanding is that you can only do that for seven. And so for us, it, it's costing significantly more to get a customer. And I would say today we are spending roughly 10% of what we once were on Facebook. And Google is about the same because Google's been fine and, you know, it's just kind of trying to keep your, you have an ad and then hopefully your organic is coming up really nicely as well below Mm -hmm. that. But our, for sure, our main focus is getting enough organic SEO, using these backlinks, getting the blog posts, getting the YouTube videos up. It's a huge focus for us on, it's a, we're, we basically made a decision as a leadership team that we're willing to slow down our growth and put a lot of time into organic SEO so that we have better um, growth trajectory of long term.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I've heard a lot about the kind of privacy settings with, you know, Apple and Facebook and Google mm-hmm. and how they're kind of working all that with the they can basically track seven events now. So basically, sure seven actions that someone takes before, um, you know, issues start to occur with, you know, tracking and stuff. So I felt that working with service businesses, it hasn't been like that big of a, you know, super deal, uh, at least as far as you know, who we work with right now. But I definitely understand that if you have a long life cycle, like maybe in the e commerce space, or kind of what you guys are doing, where, you know, you said 2128 days is kind of where they're, uh, they're finally coming into the funnel. It's like, yeah, it can be a little bit tough with the tracking. So you have to be a little bit more, creative with, with how you do your, your process. But I, I do like that you guys are really using all types of organic. Like, that's the thing that I see is they just like a lot of businesses just try to do one thing. And like, yeah. I like the singularity of focus aspect of that. Okay, let's master this one thing. But when it comes to the strategy that you guys are doing, you have to do all of it. Like you have to be omnipresent, you have to be omni-channel, And if you're not, then like people, you're just going to be missing out. So I like you guys are taking advantage of that and using a holistic approach. Um, so for what your guys' uh growth targets and all that type of stuff are like is there you know a certain number of revenue certain number of employees certain number of maybe i don't even know you know if you guys are thinking about like franchising or moving to other areas like what's the kind of growth plan that you guys are looking at maybe in the next uh 12 to 24 months
1: yeah so we um to we launched a few of these corporate owned locations in these other states and essentially we launched them and and it seems to go really well in the beginning but then what kind of happens is, as, you know, we're managing these people a thousand miles away or however far away it is, it's really, really difficult. And and I think like for your typical American, it's like, hey, I want, I want more, I want bigger, you know, more, more, more. And what we've kind of realized is that um, over the years, about once a month, we get an inquiry from someone out of state that's wanting to learn more about this, the reoccurring revenue model and the recurring maintenance. And they're like, hey, this is something that my... Um, you know, community really needs and no one is doing it. And so because of that, um, because of people inquiring with us and then because of learning how difficult it is to manage uh, individuals uh, out of state, we actually decided to franchise and we we just launched our franchising recently. And now we now have franchises available and we have several people going through that sales process. It's a lot longer than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. because you're, you're selling a life change, but um, we're super excited. We have people from like, I don't know it's it's probably like six or seven different markets right now that are um inquiring with us to to get a franchise going and and i think like for us focusing on like passive income you know employees are more difficult to find and like for me it would be really difficult to have a team of like 100 people but if i had let's say 30 franchisees that had three employees each that would be significantly more sustainable and i would rather equip them you know you have your person who's maybe they're good with their hands or they don't want to work in the office this is a really great reoccurring revenue model that you can create, and it's and if you do want to sell it in ten years, that reoccurring EBITDA, you know, it's going to be a lot better than just a one-time service company. So there's a lot of value in that that people are are really interested in. So right now we're really focusing on actually switching some of these markets over to franchise owners, and then um, growing the franchise. So right now what we're really focused on is selling ten franchises this year, and we'd like to sell. If, if, I could made, if I could wave my magic wand, we'd sell 20, then 30 the next year. And by then, eventually our goal is to be, there's approximately 195 Metropolitans in America that have a million plus people. And the ultimate goal would have at least one franchise in each of those markets.
0: Nice. Yeah, I love that. So pretty solid strategy. I love it. Uh, as far as training, you know, those people, because now, you know, you're you're moving from local training and being able to have a little bit more control to these people being super far away. How's your training going to change? Or has it changed already? And then how, I guess, would you install the same marketing processes that you guys have for what you have right now, but for them, because you want them to have quick wins or kind of have like a quick start. So they understand like, oh, I can do this or, you know, I mean, they're, they follow through on, you know, growing the business. So how has that kind of changed from going from local to now these people far away?
1: Yeah. Well, luckily for us, the, the training side, I, I it's not a hundred percent yet, but we've trained so many people. Like for example, um, when we hire an individual from Dallas, Texas, we actually bring them to Minnesota for two oh, wow. weeks. And unfortunately that was in the winter for a few of those guys, but, uh, <laughs> we, we bring them to Minnesota and you train them in for two weeks. And by the end of that two weeks, they know how to do everything and if you ever look through our reviews we've never received a bad review because of quality you know they get so the guys are they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing by the time they go home and with that for me i'm a huge systems and process guy when you know my jobs that i worked at before i started this company i love systems i love processes and so even for how to answer the phone we have a script and a for our just our client care coordinators in the office we actually have a 60 page manual on how every frequently asked question how to do this, how to do that. And so we really plan on, on having this model be something where we're walking side by side to equip you to be successful as a franchisee. So all that training and all that documentation has already been put in place with, you know, I, hopefully you never lose an employee. Right. But I always plan on if, if one day everyone decides that, you know, they're going on strike and I lose my entire company, we could pick things up really fast because of all the documentation that we have. And, and with that, because of that mindset, we have all the training documentation to get these people um, stepping in day one very, very quickly. With that, a lot of the marketing things that we figured out over the past four four or five years of, you know, just, you know, to try this, experimenting, all these different things. And then plus opening up these other markets, we've been able to open up a market and have at least one crew busy instantly when we actually when we opened. Um, Atlanta, Georgia, we had three crews running within two months, which is crazy because in Minnesota, that took me three years. So um, we've learned a lot and, and figured out, hey, you know, use these tools to help a franchise be successful as quickly as they're ready to be.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I love that the compounding nature of like, like you said, took three years, but now you've kind of packaged it into this process and easy system in a way. And you have the SOPs and everything like that. So it's it's you guys are going to go very quickly because of all that. So I I like that. Um, Now, I have a a little bit of a difficult question that I don't know if is fully relevant, but I want to ask you anyway. And it's, it's a little bit of a little bit of a curveball. So one service that I've heard about recently, that's kind of like a Uber type of concept is this thing called task I don't know if it's yeah. like available everywhere. But the one thing I wanted to ask you is kind of like, they they don't do everything you guys do. But mm-hmm. I guess how are you going to stay ahead of certain competition that may come whether it is TaskRabbit or other companies because if, if you're not familiar with TaskRabbit, like anybody listening in the audience, it's basically like an app, you, you know, you go on and it's kind of like Uber, Airbnb, where you pick stuff and then like you know, mm-hmm. services happen, right? It doesn't doesn't do nearly everything that that Daniel's company does here. But um, how are you going to stay ahead of that competition?
1: Yeah, so my I've I've actually um, Task Rabbit is in Minneapolis, and so we I've looked into it. My biggest understanding about Task is it's more for like someone that um, like I think of like my mother in law who happens to be widowed, and she needs like her blinds hung and like her a door handle replaced, and like these really simple things. And, and she would be the type of person that's gonna use TaskRabbit if um I wasn't there already to help her replace these things. And um so that's really focused time towards your like handyman or one-time services. One thing that I haven't seen with um TaskRabbit or, or anything like that is this reoccurring revenue model, the recurring visit of the routine maintenance items. So um one thing that I always tell people is we don't have a hammer in our vehicles. Like we're not we're not the handyman Company, it's, it's doing all these reoccurring things and it's kind of like um, you know for a, an oil change like vaviline or, or jiffy lube where you come in there and, and you wouldn't you wouldn't go there if you had like your auto body repair or if you needed your engine replace like they're strictly like we're gonna do the routine maintenance like these basic items and we're mm-hmm. gonna we'll, we'll fill your tires we'll change your windshield wipers and we're gonna replace your fluids We're the jiffy lube of home maintenance like and and where if you need you need the task rabbit is for more that's when you're going into the auto body shop of I'm going to leave my vehicle here and for a day and you're going to fix all this stuff that's actually broken so um but for us you know how does how do you stay ahead of that I think it's you stick to your values right there's there's always an opportunity to be the the honest trustworthy company I think there's always an opportunity to be the white glove treatment of of anything and mm-hmm. so you come in at a fair price and give people more than they expected, you know, do one extra thing, whatever it is. Sometimes we shovel snow. I've had guys carrying Christmas trees for customers, you know, sweep out a utility room or garage, any one little thing. You keep on treating people the way they deserve to be treated in their homes. And, and I think there's always going to be an opportunity for an honest, trustworthy service. So there's... You know, I I think competition would actually be really nice to help us with SEO because we're the the individual gas station in the middle of nowhere right now. And I would love a gas station right next to us so that uh, more people would be coming and looking and to give us a little competition. But um, what I will say is it's it's very difficult to start this company. Luckily for me, I had a few like passive incomes like through rental property that allowed me to get this company going. But um, doing it again, it would be very difficult just to start from. From scratch without the expertise that we've learned in the last six years
0: awesome i love that well like i went through a lot of different things about your business and i think that you guys have a super sound model any franchisees that would be interested in that definitely like you know hit up daniel and i think also just the model in and of itself of the fact that it's reoccurring and it's also like you said like bait more basic services um that because it's recurring you guys actually have ability to grow as opposed to the the one time thing. Um so yeah, love recurring business models and subscriptions and everything like that. Um is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share about your business or kind of what you guys are looking for any, you know, tips that you maybe you can give like anything you want to share?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, some things that I I think are really really important for anyone at any stage in a business is just to stay really really consistent. I think it can be really easy to get to the point where you're like hey i you know i've been posting on facebook every day for x amount of years and i i never get anything but there things like long term sometimes it takes a really long time but like just like 3 months ago we got a notification from facebook that we can now be monetized and facebook started sending us a couple bucks every month and so little things like that are 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 really nice and if you can stay consistent and i i think my biggest frustration as an entrepreneur is if if we have imp- if we would have implemented every good idea that us, anyone at this company had along the, the road, I think we'd be a lot bigger and, and have grown a lot faster. So I think it's, you know, document your ideas, write down your goals. Um, having a business coach, it really changed my life. It really, really helped. Listen, ask a lot of questions. There's always people out there that are a lot smarter than you. And if you ask for help, they will, they will give you help and assistance and, and advice that um, can really help you in the long run.
0: I love that. Don't be afraid to get mentorship or ask for help. And also consistency. I have a a saying of consistency compounds where it's like an investment, right? So just keep going and eventually, you know, you'll get there. Um, Awesome. So Daniel, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing so much about, you know, your company and, uh, you know, exactly what you guys do. Uh, If people want to, you know, reach out to you either about a franchise opportunity or, you know, working for the company or, you know, just helping you guys in any way, uh, where can they find you?
1: Yeah. Go to our website. It's curahome.com. That's K-U-R-A, curahome.com. Follow us on all the things, social media, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Um, follow us there. We put a lot of really great content. Interact, interact with us there. We heavily monitor all that stuff. Um, and we'd, we'd love to get to know you. Whether you're looking for a job, a franchisee, or you just want to learn how to maintain your home better, we'd love to uh, be introduced.
0: Sounds good. So everybody definitely go do that. Uh, And everybody, thank you for tuning in to the service-based podcast. Um, If you know anybody that would love to be on the show that's a service-based business owner, we would love to have them on. And uh, we will see you on the next episode.